Welcome to The Beaver Bulletin, your new favorite weekly podcast from University University's The Tack. Here giving you all of the news and updates from the last week, I'm your host Colin Imhoff, and don't forget to go check out all of the other great articles that The Tack has to offer. Let's see what's on the bulletin board for this week of November 15th, 2020. Today on the bulletin board, we've got the American Rivers Conference announcing the winter and spring sports schedules, the CDC not recommending travel for Thanksgiving, and of course the event of the week, Christmas dinner at BVU. All of that and more to come on this week's episode of the Beaver Bulletin. If you want to learn more about any of these stories, scroll on down to the description and you can go check out these articles for yourself. Now to our first story. Our first story on the board comes from the American Rivers Conference, or the ARC, as they announced the winter and spring sports schedules for 2021. The ARC is a Division III conference and is home to many Division III schools here in Iowa. After a fall that saw a successful golf, tennis, and cross-country conference-only season, the ARC announced the schedules for football, soccer, volleyball, wrestling, basketball, and indoor track and field. As of right now, all games are scheduled in conference, but the ARC is allowing out-of-conference play for other schools that will follow the ARC's COVID safety guidelines. The ARC conference leadership has stated that they will continue to monitor COVID numbers and adjust guidelines and spectator numbers accordingly. As of right now, all meets are triangulars and spectators are limited to two people per competitor. As for the rest of the NCAA Division III, the winter and spring championships are still scheduled to happen but are not guaranteed. It will be good to see the Beavers and the rest of the ARC student-athletes get a chance to compete in the spring. Overall morals on campuses are sure to increase with the fun and competitiveness of sports seasons. This is all just another step closer into returning to a normal world. Next up on the board is a 100-year-old family business in Marcus Lumber expanding to Storm Lake. Marcus Lumber was founded February 1, 1920 when Roger T. Levitt and his family purchased Thomas Patton Lumber Company in Marcus, Iowa. Roger changed the name to Marcus Lumber and he continued running the company until about 1952. His sons, John and Roger, would take over the business and drop selling coal and decide to move into full-service plumbing and heating. Later, Roger and John's sons would join the family business and would later take over. In 2004, the company's office space burned down, but luckily they were able to rebuild and expand into a showroom. Bob, the oldest son of John, now has his two sons, Clay and Grant, join the business, making it four generations for the Levitts. Marcus, Iowa, and the surrounding areas are big supporters of Marcus Lumber and love the local family business. In recent years, they have expanded to now have 40 team members and over 80,000 square feet of yard storage. They continued expanding by occupying the vacant lumber yard on the north side of Storm Lake and soon plan to build a 17,000 square foot home center. Now to our third story on the board with 20 long-term healthcare facilities in Iowa experiencing COVID outbreaks. COVID numbers have been on the rise in the state of Iowa and all across the United States. Iowa now has reported 114 outbreaks in vulnerable settings. New guidelines have been implemented to allow employees at these facilities to continue working. These outbreaks have came as thousands of new cases are being reported daily in Iowa. Death numbers have also been on the rise, mostly in the older generation that includes most nursing home residents. Governor Kim Reynolds in a press conference on Thursday stated the importance of protecting our health care workers, especially those in the long-term health care facilities. She also announced that $14 million of federal aid will be going to facilities to help with the increased expenses. 
Guidelines have also been revised for staffing, allowing employees that have tested positive to continue working if well enough, and they must wear the proper protective equipment. It also allows those staffers to provide assistance for patients that have tested positive. While the increase in case numbers is not good, it is nice to see people finding a way to continue working with COVID. Moving to number four on the board with the CDC recommending against travel this Thanksgiving. This recommendation comes after a surge in cases all around the country. Turkey, good food, and quality family time is not immune to the spread of COVID as over a million new cases were reported in the U.S. this week. The CDC encourages American families to celebrate in their own households to limit interaction with the U.S. COVID death toll surpassing 250,000 people this week. The CDC explains by traveling you are risking the health of yourself and your loved ones. Hospitals at the moment are overrun, and more patients with travelers will not make the situation any better. The CDC is also advising against large household gatherings along with the travel. In the state of Iowa, indoor gatherings of 15 or more people is not allowed. The CDC also recommends that those returning from school should keep themselves isolated to ensure the health of their families. With heightened cases, the CDC is worried that Thanksgiving will cause a similar spike like the one we saw around Halloween. This is what feels like almost a weekly reminder to stay safe and keep your mask on to protect yourself and others. Coming to our fifth story on the board with Apple paying over $113 million after deliberately slowing phones. I'm sure many of us remember the 2016 scandal with our iPhone 5s and 6s mysteriously slowing down. This was due to Apple updates and it was done in order to preserve battery life. Several states opened up cases with Apple and determined that Apple was not transparent about the battery life problem. These problems led to unexpected device shutdowns, and Apple claims it to be the main reason they began to slow down iPhones. Apple will pay 34 different states over $113 million for the controversial decision. However, Apple did offer battery replacements at a reduced price, but many customers were still angry. Many believe the real reason Apple began to slow down phones was to compel customers to buy newer phones. Apple is now required to provide updates about battery health, performance, and power management. With Apple recently releasing the new iPhone 12 along with the new iPad Air, they don't seem to be slowing down financially anytime soon. Even with this scandal, Apple is still one of the most successful companies in the world as they continue to be the king of phones in the US. The final thing on the board is of course our event of the week, the annual Christmas dinner at BVU. Christmas dinner has been a campus-wide tradition at BVU since 1987, and this year was very different from previous ones. Normally, all of campus gathers before Christmas for a campus-wide dinner. During the dinner, the university staff serves the students, and it's a day of fun and holiday spirit. This year, planning was a little bit complicated. I got a chance to talk with campus chaplain Melanie Hauser, who explained what went into making this dinner happen. Hey, Melanie. Uh, so I know that you did a lot of the planning for Christmas dinner, but first off, do you just want to explain uh, what Christmas dinner really is to those who might not know, like what's the tradition behind it? Sure. Um, so the, the Christmas dinner was started in the early 1980s by a group called the People to People. Um, they approached the president who was then Keith Briscoe and said, hey, we want this gathering of the whole community to celebrate like the life and the light of um, this season. And he said, it sounds like a fabulous idea. And so we've been doing it annually ever since. It's usually um, in December, the week before finals, obviously because of the pandemic this year, we pushed it back, but we felt like it was a really important tradition we wanted to keep up. 
So uh, you obviously did a lot of the planning for that. What were what were like the what was the process of doing that, and uh, especially not even knowing if you were going to be able to have it? Oh man, that was crazy. So first of all, this is also my first time doing this process. This is my first year as university chaplain, so I didn't even know how it usually goes. So we started from scratch. Um, there, it takes a whole committee to plan that dinner. So it was myself, um, events, the people from Sodexo, um, Deb Willer in admissions is in charge of uh, coordinating all the volunteers. Um, somebody over in alumni helps out also with getting like the ornaments and the masks and things like that. And also the vice president for student success. So there are probably eight or 10 of us on this committee. We started in early September. We said, we have got to have this Christmas dinner. And that was before things got really bad. And we said, you know, we might end up online. We don't know what's going to happen. So we set out like and started thinking about how we could host it and still keep with the COVID guidelines. So obviously we couldn't all squish into the dining hall at once, but that also offered us a lot of freedom. Once we figured out, okay, we can do it in shifts. We can do it in different parts of the forum. Um, it was freeing because usually there's like a big program beforehand and everybody's like, oh my gosh, just feed me the turkey, right? The program is fun, but they're ready for dinner and everybody's tired because it's almost finals and we've just barely made it. And so this year we were able to capture the essential part of the program and put it on YouTube ahead of time so people could see it. But um, then when it was time for the actual Christmas dinner, we were able to focus on people enjoying each other's company and um, just having a good time and a chance to let their hair down before the semester ends and everybody heads home. So obviously the Christmas dinner has passed. How do you think it went? Did, it, did everything really go to plan? Were there any complications that you guys didn't really expect? Um, I'll tell you a couple of the secrets behind the scene. How's that? So the morning of, we had ordered a hundred poinsettias to put out on the tables as table decorations. We ordered them from Hy-Vee and we got a call from the Hy-Vee the morning of that said, um, our poinsettias didn't come in and we're just totally sick and we don't know what we're going to do. And right, and, and uh, I, was, I was teaching chemistry labs all day because my colleague, Dr. Melman is on quarantine. So I was like in the middle of other stuff. So I passed, I was able to pass them off to somebody else on the committee. And they, somehow somebody worked magic and they showed up at two o'clock. So the point set has made it, right? Um, and then the other thing was the Storm Lake Bakery is where we got the cookies and half of their employees were out because of quarantine or isolation. And so we were afraid that we were going to have to pick up the cookies and shifts from the Storm Lake Bakery to get them here in time, but those worked out too. So um, I think that it's nice to keep up as many traditions as we safely can because some of those anchor us in who we are. And, and so there are so many things that have had to change because of COVID and are so different that it's really nice to have a few things that even though we have to do them differently are still uh, mainstays and something to look forward to. Big thanks to Melanie for sitting down and talking with me. It was great to see and have such a great experience with a campus tradition like Christmas dinner. That's all on the bulletin board for this week, folks. Make sure to come back next week for more great stories and updates. Remember, if any story interested you and you would like to read more, links to all of the articles are in the description. Also, don't forget to go check out more of the great articles from the TAC. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Beaver Bulletin. I'm your host, Colin Imhoff, and I'll see you all next week.